Last Christmas, I gave you my heart, but the very next day, you gave it away. This year, to save me from tears, I'll give it to someone special. Welcome to the 2022 My Seminary Life Christmas Holiday party special i'm your host for today's episode brandon knight we have a jam-packed fun holiday special planned for you all today we got some special guests on the way with everyone's favorite joshua knoll and producer cooper back in the studio today to talk about christmas in narnia but we got a lot to cover so let's go ahead and jump into today's special so, so before we make all of the fun announcements, conversations, and whatnot, I think it's important for us to go ahead and start this right off the bat by saying Merry Christmas, Happy Hanukkah, Happy Kwanzaa, Happy Festivus, Happy New Year, Happy whatever you may be celebrating this time of the year, Yule Whatever it may be, I wish you the happiest of holiday seasons and that you get to spend it with family and observe all of your favorite traditions and watch all of your favorite specials and enjoy your cookies and assorted treats. I hope you get to do that so many times over, especially since today, as you are listening to this, probably, is Christmas Eve, maybe Christmas Day. Most people listen to the show by the end of the weekend, it seems like. So to from me to you, Merry Christmas. And thanks for taking a little bit of time out of that holiday special, out of your holiday festivities to hang out with me and talk about this year. <clears throat> this has really nothing to do with seminary at all. It's more of a recap for those of you who missed last year's holiday party. This is a uh, annual tradition. We can call it an annual tradition now because it's happened twice. You can't say that on the first time, but you can say it on the second time. This is an annual tradition where I sit down and recap the year. We're going to spend a little bit of time talking about what has happened this year. Uh, then we're going to have a guest again, Joshua Knoll and producer Cooper will be here to talk about Christmas and Narnia. And then here at the end of the show, we got some gifts to give out because here at the end of the show, I'm going to be talking about some big announcements for 2023. Exciting things are on the way. This whole this whole holiday party special is so it, just everything about it is great. It's the holidays. We get to sit back, relax, reminisce about this year, look forward to what's coming, have a great, fun, really geeky conversation. Doctor Who is going to somehow come up in a conversation about about Narnia. So that just shows how geeky Josh and I are. But to to add on to our festivities today, this is actually episode 85. We are 85 episodes in to the My Seminary Life journey. And I don't want to say we're just getting started because that sounds really cliche. And I am graduating next year. But I am going to say that 
is the I can't even really promise that the best is yet to come. I'm just going to say we have more episodes ahead of us. We're just going to leave it at that. We have more episodes ahead of us. But before we talk about episodes ahead, let's talk about what has happened so far this year. That's right, folks. It's time for every podcaster's favorite thing to do. Talk about statistics, because I spend all year long looking at numbers, looking at downloads, looking at information all year. So you can listen to me talk about it for a couple minutes. It's going to be okay. And there's actually some pretty interesting things here. We've done six series this year, Systematic Theology 2, which seems like forever ago now. Ministry administration, college stories, communication and ministry, leadership 101. And then we just finished up intercultural ministry last week. If you missed it, there's obviously time to go back and check it out for yourself. We had six series this year and we had some great episodes this year. If you've been missing it out, over on Facebook and Instagram at My Seminary Life Pod. Every Thursday, I have been counting down the top five most downloaded episodes of 2022. And in case you missed it, here's a quick rundown. At number five, we have One More Thing, How Music Influences Our Theology, featuring Dr. Ashley Mofield of Mixtape Theology. That was actually the final one more thing going out with a bang with our one more thing series and at number four the state of the podcast address here's a pro tip for all future podcasters uh, one of the best ways to run up your downloads is to tell is to promote an episode that's going to make people think that you're canceling the show because no joke there's kind of this lull in downloads going into that episode a major spike and then a lull going back out of it. So if you if you ever need to bump the ratings, make it sound like you're canceling your show. And similarly, number three, episode 50 Spectacular. You want another bump in your episodes? Uh, just make sure they know that this is a big deal number, like this one being number 85, 50s, you know, those 50 markers, 50, 100, 150, you know, those always get big bumps. Those are like double size comic book issues. Uh, I know that title doesn't really tell you much, but episode 50 spectacular. And if you missed it, that was the conclusion to ministry administration and also the announcement of the birth of my son. And then in at number two, let's talk about cult leaders featuring Annie. There was a hot moment where I thought this was going to take the number one slot. This was a big booming episode really blew number one and number two blew all the other shows out of the water. It was a strong, the other three are pretty well. Yes. The other three are pretty close together numerically speaking, but these final two are, there's a pretty big gap between three and two. And it looks like this cult leaders episode was going to take the lead, but unfortunately it came up short to number one. Well, you're just going to have to find out on Thursday. 
Ah, the frustration, right? Yeah. Yeah, you just got to wait till Thursday to find out what was the number one episode of 2022. But I will I will give you this hint. It came out in the summer. All right. So I'm narrowing it down to either an episode from College Stories or an episode from communication and ministry. Okay. So I'm narrowing it down for you a little bit. And I will say this once this episode took this episode grabbed the number one spot. It was there was no question about it. It jumped to number one. It has stayed at number one. Cult leaders tried to take that spot, figures. But number one, just got to find out on Thursday. And I forgot to include this in my notes, but I would like to give a special shout out. By the way, this is the only episode, basically, this is the only episode all year, I believe, that I've actually had notes to go off of. Cult leaders, I had a little bit, but this, I've got like full blown notes here. Um, I want to give a special shout out to an episode, Christology Revisited. That was a bonus episode that came out back in March. It was a repackaging of the two-part Christology episodes from Systematic Theology 1, part one being on hypostatic union, part two being on kenosis theory. Sorry, I blinked on it. And it's a repackaging of those two into one episode. How the rules that I have established work is that at on November 30th at 11.59 p.m., whatever are the top five episodes that's it. We're cutting it off. So that way I can do the countdown throughout the month of December. Since that point, technically Christology Revisited has jumped into the top five, knocking um, one more thing, the one more thing episode out of the top five, technically. So special shout out to you, Christology Revisited. You are uh, you are a top five episode in all of our hearts. And it's worth noting that when these original two episodes, the split version came out originally two Octobers ago, these were very popular episodes back then as well. Actually, part two, Kenosis Theory, is a top 10 overall episode along with this Christology Revisited. So that's what's been going on in the episodes. Let's talk what else has been going on. Um, I am not going to... I'm not going to run down all of the countries that have streamed the show because if you were paying attention on social media, a little rude of me to say, but over on social media throughout the Intercultural Ministry series, every Friday, I was praying for each country that has listened to the show. So I'm not going to run them all down, but just so you know... In the past two, almost two years now, My Seminary Life has been streamed in 18 different countries. And actually, I think since then, since I wrote all this down, I think there's been a few more added in. But when I wrote these notes, whenever that was, probably on on November 30th, uh, there's been 18 countries in 34 of the 50 states. In the United States, just so you know which one I'm talking about, 34 of the 50 states have listened to my seminary life. That's pretty cool. That's more than half of the country, state-wise, is listening to the show. And I found out something interesting. I didn't know this last year. 
But uh, when you look at your dashboard, your stat dashboard there on Anchor, you can click, it breaks it down by country, okay? Your percentage of listeners by country. And obviously the United States is overwhelmingly where the our audience is, where my audience is. But like I said, there's 17 or more other countries. But you can click on the United States and then it will break it down by state. Each one of the states that has listened to the show. And then you can click on the state. Like I can click on Indiana. It will tell me all of the cities in Indiana that have listened to the show. And then I can click on city and it will tell me each household and social security. No, I'm just kidding. It can get me as far as each city that the show has been streamed in. So with all of that in mind, would you like to hear who are the top five states listening to the show? We're not going to run down all 34, but we're going to we're gonna do the top five. So in at number five are the good people over in North Carolina. Thank you, North Carolinians, for listening to the show. And at number four is Texas. And I just want to say, uh, not I guess I'm not surprised, know, knowing what I do know, surface level wise of Texas being a very um, Christian area, very Christian pockets throughout the state. But I was impressed. I forgot to write it down, but Texas is uh, a special state compared to the other five because the other five, it's like the cities that are the number one city listening to the show. It makes sense. Texas is like some town I have never heard of. It's not Houston or Dallas or any of the big cities. It's like some random small town. I forgot to write it down. So thank you, Texas. I'm definitely feeling the love from you all. Number three, and I'm sad to say, is Indiana. A prophet is not accepted even in his own hometown. (laughs) Indiana coming in in third by way of streams and the cool part about indiana being from indiana is that when i click on it and i see the cities the breakdown is like i know people who live in each one of these towns there are a couple that i don't know offhand who these people are people coming in from uh, indianapolis noblesville i think was on there as well a few other cities i was like i don't know who this is but then you see like hammond you know my hometown is on there or Hobart, where a lot of my friends live, so, or Warsaw, where Grace College and Theological Seminary is. Somebody's listening to the show to get notes on the classes, I guess. <laughs> Smart move. And at number two is Ken- Kentucky. And as opposed to the other states, um, it is almost predominantly Louisville. There was two or three other towns in there, but it is predominantly Louisville that is listening to Kentucky. So thank you, Kentuckians. And in at number one, maybe not too shocking, is Illinois. And there's a ton of towns represented in the state of Illinois, but also at the same time it is predominantly chicago is listening to the show actually i think depending on how you use google maps here in northwest indiana some of it like might how you use like your gps thing on your phone it may be registering people here in this corner in chicago but that's fine I want to give a couple special shout outs first off uh shout out to the state of washington i don't know 
how I don't know how accurate this is. I I because this just doesn't seem right. But in the state of Washington, one hundred percent of people listening in the state of Washington is in Seattle. So thank you, Seattle. I love you too. I too enjoy good coffee and Nirvana. So we should hang out, talk theology, and listen to never mind. And also Special shout out to Michigan, which is a phrase I never thought I would actually say, but special shout out to Michigan. Like I said, with these other states, it was either like a big blowout, predominantly Louisville, predominantly Chicago, or there would be a ton of cities with like the first three being like, it would be like 10 cities. The first three are all really close to less or the rest of them are all really small percentages in the state of Michigan. There are four cities that came up, St. Joe, Detroit, or St. Joseph, I should say, Detroit, Garden City, and Madison Heights. I don't know what, I don't know where those two are. I know Detroit, I know St. Joe, but I, I'm not sure about those other two. It was almost a 25% split between all four of those. Very even. You're not showing me any favoritism at all between these four. So thank you, the, you listeners in St. Joseph, Detroit, Garden City, and Madison Heights for sharing me so equally. And if you're, I guess, if you're in one of those places and you have a cozy coffee shop, a Christian bookstore, a church that you want a live podcast show at, feel free to reach out. Email seminarylife at gmail.com. I will be honest with you all. I was trying to get a live show like in-person show here in Northwest Indiana put together before the holidays this year. And I just, I, I wasn't able to get it done. I, uh, the venue I was trying to work with just wasn't really into the idea, which is fine. Live podcast show isn't for everybody. However, I'm looking forward to 2023 with some possibilities. I don't, uh, I don't have anything planned as of this moment so that's not one of the announcements here in a few minutes but um but yeah i guess be on the lookout for that some special ep- uh, live episodes so if i guess if you're in the state of north carolina texas indiana kentucky or illinois since you're my biggest audience reach out or seattle reach out by the way by the way, I also found out this year on Spotify, or not Spotify, Anchor, that not only can you see the breakdown by uh, country, state, city, but there's a way that you can click on it that will tell you the breakdown of listeners by planets. So thankfully, I can say that 100% of my listeners are on Earth. I don't know what I would do if it showed up that I had some on Venus, but you know... <laughs> on Earth. Cool. Most popular places to listen are Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Google Podcasts. And um, it is a... I'm pretty happy about these last two stats before we get into Josh being on the show. Josh coming in and saving us from more rambling numbers. Most people listening to this show are in their late 20s and early 30s, and I am actually thankful for that. That This is my target audience. I, I try to make the show available to everybody, but I know that that's just not realistic. Um, 
So in my mind, when I think of people listening to the show, I do think of people my age. And last year, this time last year, during the holiday special, I found out that um, statistically it was like late 30s, early 40s, which is fine. But I was like I said, I've been really trying to hit more of my age group as the target demographic. And we made some adjustments. I surprised these actually worked. I made some adjustments to my social media marketing and how I present the show here on air. And it looks like the swing worked. And another thing that changed positively is that at this point, it's looking like um, the show is a 60-40 split men-women. 60% men, 40% women, which is better. Again, I want the show to be available and listened to by anyone who wants to listen. And I, if I remember correctly, last year when I did this, it was like predominantly men with very few female listeners. So I'm, I'm happy to see that this number is a little bit more balanced out. I, I would, I'm happy with the 60-40 split. All right. So that is it by way of the long rambling statistic part of the show. Up next, we have producer Cooper and Joshua Knoll here to talk about why do they celebrate Christmas in Narnia? Take it away, me. All right, everybody. You know, it's not a party until your favorite uncle shows up and makes it a party. And so here he is, folks, singing his rendition of Oh Holy Night, your favorite uncle, Joshua Knoll. And don't worry, Josh, you don't actually have to sing. Good, because I, I was deeply offended that you didn't have me sing the first Noel. Oh, the first Noel. I'll keep that in <laughs> mind for next year. We'll yeah, do a sing-along yeah. special next year. Yeah, for the, for those who aren't aware, my last name is Noel, but it's spelled Noel. And in my family, I am the first Noel. Yeah. In high school, nice. my best friend was named Israel. So I reminded him constantly that born is the king of Israel, the first Noel, you know. <laughs> yeah, he needed to be aware. <laughs> Do, does, is it always been Noel, how you pronounce your last name? Well, mostly, yes. Uh, a handful okay. of us intentionally pronounce it Noel during December. <laughs> just because we think it's funny. Well, yeah, this is good. <laughs> you know what? We're just going to own this. <laughs> but hey, know, supposedly it goes back to like when the Germans occupied France and our descendants were in France. And we're like, maybe they won't notice that we're French if we call it Noel. Brilliant. We're, we're here. So I guess we survived. I I guess it did work. Well, a little bit of a history lesson for everybody there. Yeah. So speaking I think of Papa Noel. Right. Sorry. I uh, was Mac Knight, I think. Ooh, interesting. My dad's family, my dad's side of the family is Irish, English, all that very Western side, the UK. And then my mom's family is very Polish, very Eastern European. So I've got like all of Europe somewhere in me. Uh, <laughs> Irish Christmas is just like my favorite thing to like look at or like hear like the Irish Christmas songs. I think they're great. Christmas in Killarney. Yes. 
I wasn't going to name anything specific. I was like, no one's going to know what I'm talking about. I should have known better. I think people know that one. Hey, also here with us today is Producer Cooper. Producer Cooper, welcome to the show. What up, Coop Dog? Nothing? Don't want to say anything right now? That's okay. Oh, here we go. I keep holding the phone out to him to talk, but then he wants to smack at the part that says stop recording. So we're just going to have to kind of keep him away. Um, you know, I think your producer is trying to tell you something. <laughs> end this conversation right now. I don't like this one. <laughs> I don't like it. Start over. And for those of you who don't know your favorite uncle, which you should, he's your favorite uncle after all. Uh, Josh, real quick, is one of the hosts over at the Whole Church podcast, which the last time you were on the show was the crossover episode where you were on with TJ, of course. To talk about uh, this, a conference you went to that was a little bit more liberal, a little bit more progressive. And we talked about the atonement, uh, the gender of God, and other theological topics like that. Have you finished any of those books you got from that conference yet? A few, actually. <laughs> uh, Richard oh, yeah. Rohr's Divine Dance was one I read. Um, I'm, hmm. reading one about, I'm reading one about Mary right now. From a, like a Catholic point of view, so it's interesting. Um, That's cool. Conversations with inner atheists by let's see, this Randall Rosser was one I read. Um, mm. One person I enjoyed so much, I'm having her on our podcast in March. And oh, I might cool. have to look up the name of this, but it's like Common Spaces or something like that. Oh, it's one of those things that. that's like you could tell, like, oh yeah, that's definitely the name of a book someone who was on Whole Church would have wrote. Yeah, that's true. Isn't there yeah. an episode coming up about common space spaces? There the is. Round- <laughs> <laughs> We're also doing about shared spaces. See, that's different. Shared spaces. That's what it is. Yeah. No, it's uh, that is funny though. I, I didn't even put that together. I should have, but you know, I'm not the brightest sometimes. Um, <laughs> oh, and then um, Trip Fuller and oh. Thomas J. Ord are both going to be on the podcast in January, and Thomas. Ooh. Or do you know do you know Thomas J. Ord? I I don't I'm not familiar with Thomas. I'm I know of Trip Fuller though. Yeah, so Thomas J. Ord is like the guy who writes the um why can't I think of the thing? It's the whole process theology kind of books. Oh, cool. Yeah. So I I uh I'm really interested to have him on. Just because sure. yeah. I'm going to find this person's name if it kills me. My Malene Rust. Malene oh, Rust. that's your name, Mark. Yeah, yeah. Well, actually, it's in February, it turns out. Oh, February. The very Even better. February. Yeah. Um, and the name of the book is something. Common Spaces Between Us, Nurturing the Dot, 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 The Good in the Midst, Dot, Dot, Dot. The Dot, Yeah, dot, apparently dot. it's a long name. Um, Sounds like but, it. The reason I was so moved by it, even though theologically I have a ton of differences with her, um, she's ex-Methodist, I think, maybe still Methodist, unsure about that. She's no longer a chaplain or a pastor. But the book was about her time as a chaplain, trying to be chaplain to people of all kinds of different beliefs and backgrounds and stuff. Okay. The the selling point for me that that really got me hooked was the story she tells of how she helped a guy who was abusing his girlfriend because he thought oh. the Bible said it's okay to abuse your partner like that. 
And wow. it was so interesting because the way the story unfolds, I'm over here like, oh, you see him, you're going to rip him a new one, tell him how stupid he is. And I'm like, because I am mad at the situation because abuse is something I just get worked up about. Okay. And instead, she starts asking questions and is able to still get the girl out of danger, but is also able to Good. help him. And I'm like, I don't know if I'm capable of helping wow. him. You know? That's work of the Holy Spirit there, man. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, wow, that's uh, okay. I need to talk to her because I want to know how, sure. how do you find that in yourself? <laughs> you know, like how do you not yeah. just tell the person off? Because that's what sure. I would want to do. For sure. Wow. Yeah. Good wow. Stuff. Yeah. That would be a really good episode. Yeah. So you're you part want, of you the whole be... church podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you're part of the whole church podcast. You're also part of Systematic Geekology, which is a faith and pop culture podcast. And all throughout this year, y'all have been doing a series on C.S. Lewis, uh, talking about his different books, the different film adaptions of his books. And that inspired today's conversation that I think you all are also doing an episode on. Why, why do they celebrate Christmas in Narnia? Has that episode come out on your guys' end yet? No, no. I think it's going to come out this Thursday, so the 21st. Okay. And this is coming out on the 24th. So for those of you okay. listening to for those of you listening to the show right now, you should definitely go check out their version of the show. Maybe I'll even put it on the uh, put it on social media. So you can get a full look at why do they celebrate Christmas in Narnia? Because to me, when you stop and think about it for a moment, it is kind of weird that Christmas happens in Narnia. It is. Also, I have to say, just so people are aware, I'm not on that episode of Systematic Ecology. So I think it's oh, it's great cool. that I'm over here doing it with you. And it's like on, on our end, it's going to be um, Joe Day... Uh, the, one of the other ho- co-hosts of Whole Church Podcast, TJ Blackwell, and then Josh Rosengrant is going to be doing that with them. Oh, yeah. Y'all have uh... cool. Yeah. So this could cool. end up being two very different conversations. <laughs> right. You could end up getting a very full look at this um, at this topic of Christmas and Narnia if you listen to both episodes, which you should. Yes, indeed. Do it. Run up both of our numbers. Yeah. Yeah, in fact, maybe to both at least twenty times each. Everyone listen. Right. Wow, I I don't even know what to do with myself if I got that many downloads on an episode. For those of you who don't know, my seminary life will never reach the scale of whole church and systematic ecology. We're just don't say that. That's what we're. We're just a little footnote in the commentary. We anyway. Let's get on this. Oh. So. <laughs> Cut you off before you tried to. Um, I was just going to mention that we mentioned my seminary life on a on a the Christmas episode of Whole Church with Eric Nevins. Yeah, we were talking oh, about Eric. our our favorite Christian podcast, and we were like, "Oh yeah, my seminary life." You know, I do. Ah, uh, thanks, man. I appreciate that. I've been wanting <laughs> to get Eric over on my show. He's got that uh, spiritual formation background, and I would like to pick his brain about it. Oh yeah, it was it was a good episode. We just keep giving them more podcasts to listen to. We should we should really yes. stop doing that. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. Christmas in Narnia. So let's set the stage here. In the first book in the Chronicles of Narnia, let me say that one more time. The first book in the Chronicles of Narnia, 
the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe, because we do not read them in chronological order. We read them as God intended for them to be read in release order. Disagree. <laughs> Thanks for that. <laughs> the, the correct order is uh, one, four, seven. That's it. <laughs> one, four, seven. And that's it. Forget yeah. the other four. <laughs> yeah, they're fine. <laughs> we don't need them. <laughs> also, what's funny is I have to acknowledge that if you did that, they wouldn't make any sense at all. <laughs> yeah. It, so based off of that, are you saying Horse and His Boy, Voyage of the Dawn Treader, oh. The Last Battle? I was saying Magician's Nephew. Magician's Nephew. Voyage of the Sorry. Dawn Trotter, Last Battle. Yeah. Yes. I forgot. Horse and the Boy is technically before Flying the Witch and Wardrobe 2, though, isn't it? Yes. That's crazy yes. order. Man, that's confusing. No, no, I'm sorry. Horse and his boy comes before Prince Caspian. They're they're kings and queens by that point. You know the joke that like Yoda was in charge of coming up with the order that Star Wars movies came out? Yes. I want to know who was in charge of the order that Narnia books came out of. Because <laughs> that's yeah, more than just backwards. I... It's like all what? over the place. Why didn't any of the guys say to C.S. Lewis, you, you know this is a little a little out of order here, Clyde. <laughs> uh, it's fine. It's fine, guys. <laughs> it's fine. Hand me another brandy. It's fine. <laughs> Absolutely is what happened. Oh, man. That's funny. So, yeah. Yeah. We're talking yeah. about Lion, Witch, in the Wardrobe. Um, are you Susan, getting... Do I... What, am I... what am I getting? Oh, I was like, were you getting at when they saw Santa? Yeah, that's what we're getting to. <laughs> so Peter, Susan, Edmund, and Lucy, they show up in Narnia during a time in its history where the White Witch have has put a s enchantment spell on Narnia where it is always winter and never Christmas. But with the advent of the children showing up in Narnia and Aslan on the move, is a phrase that keeps coming up. Christmas returns to Narnia. Father Christmas himself, because it's British, so it's not Santa Claus, it's Father Christmas, shows up to bring gifts to the children, minus Edmund. He has gone off with the White Witch by this point. And eventually, by the time the kids get in contact with Aslan, um, winter has gone away and it's spring now. So we go from... It's always winter, never Christmas, to Christmas, to spring, in a pretty short amount of time. Yeah. Let's start with this, Josh. Uh, how do you feel about it's always winter and never Christmas? Well, I really despise winter, so that sounds awful to me. Um, one of my... So I think maybe my favorite Christmas album ever is the Reliant K Christmas album. The Let oh, It Snow, Baby, one. Let It Reindeer. Yeah, that's a good one. And there's a song in Like a Lion, in parentheses, Always Winter. And the song goes, it's always Christmas. I mean, it's always winter, but never Christmas. I'm just talking about that like Ooh. awkward time in like January and stuff where you're like, man, there is just cold. That's all that's here. This sucks. Sure. Sure. So that song is how yeah. I feel. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I can only imagine. I mean, I can't, I can't imagine. 
I can't imagine what it would be like, you know, here in Northwest Indiana, like January, it gets below zero basically mm-hmm. the whole month. And then February, there's always one really bad snowstorm and puts everybody underground for a day or four. And obviously oh. there's like things going on. There's holidays in those months span, but nothing really competes with Christmas, you know? Yeah, I am. Um... There's a lot of weird federal holidays. It's like early year for no reason. And then there's this huge gap of no holidays. I don't understand it. But I'm made to think of when I was growing up living in Florida, I had always wanted to play in the snow. We don't get snow in Florida. You know, your winters are like 70 something. Wow. Which to me is still pretty chilly. Whatever. Then I came to North Carolina, and the first year we were here, it snowed. And it doesn't snow every year. It doesn't happen all the time. I, nowadays, okay. as an adult, hope that it just don't see snow the, each year. It's like my one big wish. And <laughs> it's funny, because you're in Indiana, and that's just not even a, close to reality for, <laughs> for you. No, but, not even. But I remember when I first came here, and I came outside as like a 10-year-old, and I was like, oh, snow, and I grabbed it. And I just started crying. I was so upset because, like, it was cold. And in my head, the <laughs> snow was just like cotton that fell from the sky, you know? Like, I guess I just really? didn't have any concept of it being, like, ice. I was like, what is this? This sucks. <laughs> I thought this was, like, cotton candy or something. <laughs> it was just fluffy stuff that you threw at each other. <laughs> what is this? No. I, I will say this when it comes to Northwest Indiana at Christmas time. The last... I would almost say 10 years, at least the last five years, green Christmas. We have had a green Christmas. It's always cold. We're nowhere near 70 degrees. We had a week of 40 degrees like two weeks ago. And everyone was oh, like, man. hey, a heat wave. Um, so weird to me. <laughs> but this is the first Christmas in a several years. It looks like we will have snow on the ground. So there is a little bit of excitement. I find snow at Christmas to be one of the only permissible times for snow. You know, I agree because you typically have a few days off around that day. So it's kind of like you can just be inside and it's fine. It looks pretty outside. You can stay inside and be warm if you want. Um, yeah, right now where I live, it's 48. And this is like a like a big cold wave for us it's like the coldest it's been in a long time so i find it like i I just thought it was interesting because you said in the 40s was like your heat wave yes the last week or something i was like "Hmm." yeah i wonder what our cold wave is so our cold wave (laughs) is your heat wave (laughs) sounds like it funny so it's always winter never christmas and i also think it's interesting bad times you know this is a kid's book Obviously, this book is loved by adults, but this is a kid's book. I don't know. I think one of the best ways to communicate to a child that the situation is really bad is there is no Christmas, you know? Yes. Yeah. No, no, that's that's pretty accurate. (laughs) I just can you imagine just telling your kid like, hey, guys, it's almost winter. Oh, sweet. That means Christmas break. Nope. No Christmas. (laughs) No toy. Yeah. No special desserts, no nothing. Yeah. So in that vein, Santa Claus kind of symbolizes hope, right? Like there's not been Christmas. And yet here's Mr. Christmas himself. Yeah, I I think that's what's going on here. Because 
like I said, with the kids showing up and Aslan being on the move, Father Christmas gets into Narnia. It's interesting. I was looking at the... Can you hear him? He's like really loud right now. I was looking at the book before uh, we hopped on. And Father Christmas says, I'm paraphrasing it a little bit, that the White Witch's spell had been keeping him out of Narnia. But he has gotten in. Aslan is on the move. And I think it's very interesting. Wow, you have so much to say right now. I think he's upset about that no Christmas thing. (laughs) He is. He's liked Christmas so far. He likes opening presents so far. (laughs) Um, I think it's interesting. The spell, according to Father Christmas, keeps him out of Narnia. So it's not Christmas until he shows up. You know, that makes sense, (laughs) actually. Aslan's representing Jesus. You know, Christmas is the coming of Jesus. Also... I just realized how much the line, the witch in the wardrobe is just a retelling of the Christian calendar, holiday calendar. Sure. I, th- okay, I, I wasn't I, sure I, if you're still there. Sorry. But yeah, yeah. I, uh, cause you know, you, you think it's winter, it's Advent, then you have your Christmas season. And then after Aslan dies and rises again, you have spring again. So it's like right. Easter time. Oh my God. I yeah, you, get, you get that Advent, Epiphany, mm-hmm. Springtime, Lent, Easter season through through the first through the first book, through the Lion, the Witch, and the Wardrobe. That's a good observation, Josh. I've heard that before, but I've never I've never actually like sat and reflected on that. Yeah. We have gotten I into heard it before. I just thought of it. Wow, but that's funny. No, I yeah, I think it's just because I'm just now like attending a Lutheran church this year, so I'm just more aware mm-hmm. of the calendar than I usually would be. But Lewis was Anglican, so you know it was on his mind. True. And I think that's also a factor in this because I don't know about your experience, but uh some Christians, I don't know if you knew this, aren't big <laughs> fans of Santa Claus. Yeah. Yeah, I had a lot of questions about the fact that Santa is here specifically. <laughs> yeah, so I find that really interesting because C.S. Lewis and J.R.R. Tolkien both used Father Christmas mm-hmm. in their literature. Uh, letters to Father Christmas by uh, Tolkien is a collection of letters that he wrote to his children for several years as Father Christmas uh, with drawings. I do really like Tolkien's artwork. (laughs) And by the way, Father Christmas is way cooler than Santa Claus because in Narnia, Father Christmas shows up and brings Edmund a sword. Susan, not Edmund, excuse me, Peter a sword. Susan gets a bow and arrow. Lucy gets this magic potion that heals people. And in Tolkien's letters, because he just can't help himself, Santa's workshop was attacked by goblins on a regular basis, and Father Christmas had to defend it from goblins. Like with his polar bear, with his polar bear friend. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. I uh, yeah. My my good friend um, Brandon Knight actually told me about letters to Father Christmas. (laughs) I just read it last year. Like it it was incredible. It's a lot of fun, isn't it? 
it really is. Yeah. Got a shout out to Brandon. It's a great guy. So glad he recommended that to me. Um, I'm looking forward to when Cooper's a little bit older to read those to him. That'll be great. I got to ask you this. Sure. Is this is Father Christmas in Narnia St. Nicholas? Like, is it supposed to be the St. Nicholas? Oh, interesting. Um, I don't know. He doesn't slap any heretics. So I'm going to go with no. This is the mythical mm. creature. Mythical in mm. person. Father Have you Christmas. seen the Santa Clauses? The Santa, um, the, mean, new, the, the, the new movies? Tim Allen show. I have not watched the show. Can I give a spoiler because I think it's interesting and relevant? Yes. Turns out part of the lore now is the Santa Claus suit was made from uh-huh. the hem of St. Nicholas's robe. Oh, so okay. yeah, I, I thought that was an interesting connection between St. Nicholas and Santa Claus in that universe. And I was just wondering... Because there's always some kind of connection, but it's never, like, quite right, you know? Like, I love um, Santa Claus is Coming to Town, the the cartoon. Oh, sure. And it's like, he he steals some stuff from the story, but it's like, this is not, this is not St. Nicholas's story. (laughs) You want a good enough version of the St. Nick story? Uh, One of the last really good Veggie Tales is on St. Nick. So, uh, St. Nicholas. So, go check that one out. I think it's just called St. Nicholas. Are you, like, serious right now? About VeggieTales? Yes! Why did I not know this? I mean, we were, like, in high school by the time this one came out. This is, like, after Lord of the Beans, even. Okay, so it's fair that I hadn't seen this. Yes. I I had younger brothers. (laughs) I had younger brothers who were still watching VeggieTales by that point, so that's how I've seen this one. But uh, it's pretty good by way of like the newer VeggieTales. I hope I don't have to get pure flicks to watch it. I think you do, actually. Man. I, I feel you on that. Anyway, back <laughs> in... <laughs> yes, sorry. So why do you think a Anglican and a Catholic circa 1940 can use father christmas in a positive way but christians can't use santa claus nowadays and go um i think hey i gotta say i think that lewis and tolkien just had a lot more i'm trying to find a word that's not ballsy they were just ballsier than you know, you're Christians today, honestly. They just okay. they had a lot more. They weren't afraid to go there kind of thing. But also, Santa Claus didn't have as much time to become controversial at that point. Okay. Uh, his first film appearance was like a month or something before Lewis was born. Or Lewis was born a month okay. before the first appearance of Santa Claus in film. That's what it was. Lewis was born first. Okay. Before Santa Claus okay. was ever on TV. <laughs> okay. So, because I was thinking about this. In the 40s was when Miracle on 34th Street came out. So, like, my old classic, this is the original Santa. To them, that was the new, you know, new age, young people's version of Santa. You know? 
<laughs> you know, that's crazy to think about, but yeah, you're right. Yeah. So I'm like, so they were in a different time. I don't know how much that affected it, but I think that has to be part of it. And also in a weird way, higher liturgical churches have more, I don't want to say more freedom, but they, they seem to be a little bit more flexible. They're able okay. to hold some things more loosely. You know what I mean? Um, like so, your Pentecostal Baptist traditions, like kind of like what I grew up in, mm-hmm. even though we weren't anti-Santa, it's so we fall into the Pharisee trap of coming up with new rules to make sure we're not doing something that might be sinful or might lead us whatever. Instead of emphasizing the fact that whom the sun set free is free. Indeed. We emphasize, we want to be holy. And in case it's not holy to like Santa, we should not do that. And in case drinking's bad, let's just not do that. And in case this is bad, let's just avoid, you know, like, I don't know. I feel like that was not as much a thing. Even today, it's just not as much a thing with high liturgical churches. They just are able to hold some of those things more loosely. Yeah. You know, uh, speaking of high liturgical, a good example of that is Pastor Will's church. I've been watching their uh, services for Advent this year. And their Wednesday – huh? Yes, it is. Their midweek service, their their lesson sermons are based off of a children's book. Like. That's cool. And it's good. It's not just like, you know, Olive the Other Reindeer or something silly like that. Like, it's a children's Christian book, but it's there's a creativity there that is embraced, that seems to be embraced more in a high liturgical church. Whereas in all, I don't want to say ours, but like in the more Baptist, Pentecostal, what we have grown up in. Um, there's creativity, but it's almost just like um, copyright infringement. I don't know how else to say yeah, that. <laughs> yeah, it's, in, in a weird way, I think being more being more held into these roots of tradition, of liturgy, of this is you know they have more standardized things allows them to be a little bit more flexible it gives having the guardrails allows them a little more wiggle room whereas i feel like in a lot of your lower liturgical churches baptist pentecostals whatever non-denominational a lot of times fall in this too there's more of a we're not sure what's right or wrong so we always want to err on this you know err on the side of caution kind of deal and then there's a lot of this very much numbers and capitalist mindset And some of that's because there's less of a hierarchy. You know, if a Lutheran Mm -hmm. church is really small and not doing well, like number wise, financial wise, it really doesn't make that much a difference compared to if it's huge and doing great. I mean, yes, it makes a difference, but you know what I mean? Like because of how the church is set up, that pastor isn't as in much danger of losing his job or anything. I get you. So I feel like there's just less of that capitalist mindset. So I feel like in a lot of your lower liturgical churches, you're looking at a lot of rule-based stuff. You're looking at a lot of always being nervous if you're doing the wrong thing, always wanting to do something that's close to pop culture so that you can continue to grow your church because it's just more emphasized. I like that. And I agree with a lot of that, too. Um, Ooh, I wonder Sorry. I wonder if the capitalist mindset kind of deal that we have of like wanting to perform these big, you know, whatever, 
has that caused a lot of church leaders to feel like some parts of Christmas is competition? Is that what they're actually treating it like? Less than sin and more like Santa is the competition for the church. I definitely, I don't know if this is a capitalistic capitalistic mindset, but I definitely think there is a mindset of among some churches of we are in competition with Santa. Yes. I, Mm. you know, I have heard people make the joke of Satan Claus. Oh, I just got the N in the wrong place in his name. Um, Like I've heard those jokes before. Like I do think there are some people who (laughs) he is singing over here. That's funny. I do think there are some people who do see that as a competition, whether that is capitalistic based or maybe an misplaced zealousness, zealous mindset for the gospel. Mm-hmm. I could see how that could be kind of a misplaced, um, misplaced agenda that, like, yeah. we have to stand against Santa. There are plenty of Christians who stand against other ridiculous things in the name of the gospel. So I can see that. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's, I, I, and I do this, the same thing with, with the drinking. I think it's antithetical to the gospel when you hold these more legalistic mindsets about things like Santa Claus or drinking. And you think what you're doing is showing that you're holy and you're different than the rest of the world. And that's going to make them want to be more like you. But I think what they see is that you are, a slave that you don't have the freedom to live life to its fullest. Whereas the actual gospel message is that you are free from all of the rules and laws and all that, and also free from having to sin or needing any of that stuff. So I I think that holding yourself to some of this legalistic stuff is really antithetical to what the gospel is really about. Um, Also, this is just another suggestion. I wonder how much of it has to do with higher liturgical churches celebrate St. Nicholas day. (laughs) Like, Maybe just the idea that they know who St. Nicholas is, because for the most part, if you tell, you know, your regular Pentecostal church attender the story of St. Nicholas, they're like, what? Really? Right. Yeah. Yeah. And that goes back to C.S. Lewis being Anglican, being aware of the church calendar, um, knowing who St. Nicholas was and his influence on the creation of Father Christmas, Santa Claus. Mm -hmm. Like, yeah, they're there definitely is because you have that church calendar mindset. I bet that plays a factor as well. And that's definitely probably part of why Lewis and Tolkien's father Christmas is so much cooler. Of course he's okay. Giving out swords and all this stuff. They know St. Nicholas. He's punched people out for being heretics. Of course he's okay with that. (laughs) Of course he fights goblins. (laughs) Of course he fights goblins. Yeah. He smacks heretics. Yeah. Same thing. Was it in the Priest to the Geeks Facebook group page, free plug, that I saw it was like a an Assassin's Creed style poster, <laughs> yes. but it was for St. Nicholas? Yeah, that was great. Oh, that was me. That was Austin Nance posted that, and I, I, was, I was just so proud. He, he was in the, the youth group when I was like a youth leader, and I was like, man, so oh, proud of that cool. He's grown up to do great things. <laughs> That's really cool. Yeah. So I think you were hitting it on the head early on here about why, why Christmas? Why, was, why did Lewis choose Christmas as an important literary device in this story? Because it doesn't seem to be 
I don't know. It's not really communicated if this is supposed to be the day of the birth of Aslan. That's, I, I don't know if you can make that assumption or not, or if this is just a holiday that is celebrated in Narnia, like how just about every tribe, tongue, nation around the world has some type of winter solstice celebration this time of the year in the Northern Hemisphere. Um, whether it's whether it's just a celebration or Lewis is trying to connect the dots to the birth of Jesus, I do think one of the most important parts of this is this moment signals hope. Would you agree with that? Absolutely, absolutely. Actually, I'd like to read a quote from um, from a very wise man, uh, Kazran Sardik, once said, "On every world, wherever people are." And the deepest part of the winter, at the exact midpoint, everybody stops and turns and hugs, as if to say, well done. Well done, everyone. We're halfway out of the dark. Back on Earth, mm. we called this Christmas, or the winter solstice. Solstice. Man, I did so well to that last word. <laughs> <laughs> also, also for those who don't know, that's a character from a Doctor Who episode. I thought I recognized that name. Yeah, my favorite, favorite, like... There's only a handful of things I have to watch every Christmas, and A Christmas Carol, Doctor Who is one of them. Such a good episode. Oh, yes, that is a good one. That is Even a though I don't one. love Matt Smith, that episode's fantastic. You know, my favorite episode of Doctor Who is a Matt Smith episode, and I feel the same way about him. Is it A Good Man Goes to War? No, it's... Uh... Oh, I can't... I always forget the name of it, but it's got um... <laughs> Amy and... Rory and it it's uh they land on a planet the life force of the TARDIS is embodied in a oh, woman yeah. so it's the first time in history yeah, that the doctor can actually talk to the TARDIS and we can understand the TARDIS back yeah no that's a fun one I don't remember yeah. what it's called either that was good written by Neil Gaiman the great ah. comic book and uh, short story there's, writer there was a lot of Matt Smith episodes that were fantastic but yeah yes individually why was Matt Smith not in Narnia? Oh my gosh, could you imagine that? <laughs> well, part of it is because the debut episode of Doctor Who came out the same day C.S. Lewis died. Oh, that's I weird. Think. I well, think actually, it's no, that like makes sense. He regenerated. He's the Doctor. I now understand everything. That would be cool. I actually, I think it was C.S. Lewis dies the same day as the JFK assassination and they pushed the debut of Dr. Who forward a couple days it, to like for news coverage purposes. I think that's the lineup. That's weird. Yeah. It's wow. like a very important things happening all at the same time. So back to this, the Santa being in Narnia thing, I'm sure. going to throw out, throw out part of the Christmas thing and all this because, um, we we did for our patron on the SG the Joe defending Narnia, me defending the Perilandra trilogy of which series was better. And one of my biggest complaints with Narnia, mm -hmm. which if you don't know, I love C.S. Lewis. Narnia is not my favorite of his series. I still think it's great. But one of my biggest complaints is the same as Tolkien's complaint, that there was just simply too many different mythologies crammed in here. Like it sure. wasn't coherent. Yeah, and I think this is a really good example of that. But I also feel like, like, like we were talking about with the the symbol of hope, 
even though, yes, I'm aggravated. You just randomly threw Santa in here, and that's a completely different mythology. It's also <laughs> a really good symbol for what you're trying to say. So I still think yeah. it was done well, even if I don't like it was done. <laughs> yeah, and I, I was going to bring that up at one point, the whole Tolkien's whole thing about Narnia being too eclectic, which makes sense yeah. since he really pulled from, I think it was Germanic mythology. He basically for... just continued Beowulf. That's all he really did. Wait, what if we made that... Beowulf even more intense? <laughs> what if we made Beowulf somehow even longer? And he yeah. succeeded. <laughs> um, Indeed. I, I, I do agree, though, that in a very eclectic universe with so many different mythologies running around in it, I guess if, I can, if there was an exception, it would be for a symbol of hope, a symbol that um, Aslan is on the move, that Christ is coming, that there is things are changing. And as your Doctor Who quote puts it, you know, we're halfway there. We are halfway to the darkness being over. And I'm now going to use Lewis's work to justify him against my complaint. <laughs> Pretty too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> you could tell I'm getting ready for law school here. <laughs> Defending the other side <laughs> against myself. Um, in, in my favorite one of these, The Voyage of the Don Treader, um, Lucy comes upon a book. And as she's flipping through this book, she sees different things, different spells, and it reveals different things to her. And at one point, one thing's supposed to make the invisible things visible. And she reads that, and Aslan is there, because he has always been there. He's always mm -hmm. been present. And part of his speech to her, where he was comforting her with things that she's dealing with, self-worth and anxiety, and he tells mm -hmm. her, in every world, in every world, he's there. And it looks different in some of the different worlds. And that's where there's this power of story that goes beyond all these things. And I think a large part, even though, yes, this is a kid's book, a large part of what Lewis was trying to say through all of this is it doesn't matter what your entry point is. It doesn't matter what world it is, which is another thing. If you look at the Paralandra series, Lewis seemed to believe that God is concerned about his creation. Just point blank, yes. period. He loves it, he cares for it, and he wants all of his creation to be saved. Which, if you read the Bible, mm -hmm. it does say that. He doesn't say just mankind. You know, he says all of creation. He, you know, there's this thing of creation and moaning and him saving mm -hmm. everything. And, mm -hmm. and I think part of what he's getting at here with the eclipse wow, man, words are hard for me today, of everything, all the different things, is that... It doesn't matter if you came upon Jesus because you wanted to know about this Father Christmas and why does he exist and what's St. Nicholas's story. It doesn't matter if you came to this truth about Christianity because you were dealing with problems of self-worth and someone showed you there is a God that loves you. It doesn't matter if your entry point was creation with the world and the beauty of that. It just simply doesn't matter what your entry point is. This is truth. Truth is truth. And Lewis was trying to show the beauty of it in a multitude of ways crammed together. Yeah. Yeah. As uh, TJ's favorite philosopher, Thomas Aquinas would say, <laughs> all truth is God's truth. And Lewis was definitely trying to highlight that with this, oh, yeah. as you brought up here in the voyage of the Don Treader of, you know, this is going to sound very universalist, but there's, there's many paths 
Mm-hmm. There's many paths to get you to the one path that leads to salvation. I think I'll put it that way. I don't remember where I saw this quote. I saw it somewhere. I think I think it was in one of those more progressive podcasts that I, I learned from Theology Beer Camp, actually. But it was that there's many paths to Jesus and one path to God. And I really I like that. I think I can get on board with that, too. I like yeah. that. Yeah. Any final thoughts here on uh, Christmas in Narnia? Hmm. I think mm-hmm. if I were to celebrate it, ah, I yes. would want to go to... I'm trying to think. It was one of the towns in Horse and the Boy that they stop at. Okay. I think it's the second town. Start naming some towns. Let me see if I can figure it out. Anyway... It's been a while since I've read Horse in this Boy, so I'm no, I don't know. Don't. Okay. I hope Jared's not listening to this episode. He's going to kill us. <laughs> well, whatever that town is, I'd like to celebrate it there. And short of that, since I can't remember what it is, um, mm-hmm. the the beavers. Do you know what I'm talking about? Maybe they're yeah, not of beavers. Are they beavers? In the story at, at this moment? Yeah, they're yeah. the beavers. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I'd like to do Christmas with them. They seemed very hospitable. I, I I would agree with that. I think yeah. I would enjoy a nice Christmas ale and a heavy meal with the uh, with the beavers. I think that would be a really good time. Ooh, if you were to invite either Peter, Susan, Edmund, or Lucy to your Christmas dinner, who who would you most rather join you of the group? Mm, I'm gonna sue. Assume they bring their spouse, so it's not weird. <laughs> <laughs> Or that there's like this little girl Lucy yeah, sitting. Yeah. They're the they're floor. they're adults now too. Yeah, they're adults now. <laughs> I'm gonna go with Edmund because Edmund does have one of the better written stories in Narnia. A little bit more of a fuller character arc, especially since he's one of the main characters in the Land of the Witch in the Wardrobe. And I'm just gonna assume he knows good Turkish delight and that he's gonna bring some. So. <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, I'm gonna go with Peter. Okay. For a very, for a very simple and kind of stupid reason here, um, Peter was the warrior. He's the one with the sword. He very much reminds me of the Captain America, Superman esque characters, and I typically okay. just vibe with them better. He he is a little bit of the uh, morally straight path character. That is for sure. Yeah. Also, I just like warriors. Because they typically tell better stories, you know. Okay. Like, uh, my yeah, grandfather cause... was in world was in World War. He was he was in one of the wars, um, but he he would always tell stories of his time in the military. And I'm like, man, these stories are just so much better than people who weren't in, in the military. Like I just love I love those stories. They're great. Yeah. Well, they probably get so used to telling them, man, that they they really know how to over time just really develop yeah. the art of storytelling. Yeah. Good stuff, by way though. of characters, by way of character motifs, Susan is the OG Katniss Everdeen, the bow and arrow. That's true, but kind of looks like she kind of looks like the actress looks like Jennifer Lawrence a little bit too. Yeah. Also, I gotta say, I'm kind of just concerned with how Susan's story ends in the final battle. That I'm like, I can't decide if like this is something happy where you just happen to live. Or maybe you fell off and are like no longer believe in Aslan and you're just bad now. I'm like, I'm just so I don't want to find out what actually happened to her. I feel like I'll be disappointed. 
So I'd rather it be one of the other three. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I like that. Um, I think that is all I have for our conversation today. Thanks for hopping on and being a part of the Christmas holiday special this year. Yeah, lots of fun. Lots of fun. If you allow me, I might even post, let, let you take over whole church and do like a little announcement of, hey, whole church, this is my seminary life and just post a my seminary life episode on our feed. <laughs> oh, sure. I can hop I into like the, the Christmas this one. The whole church group free plug for the whole church group page <laughs> on Facebook and I'll share the link up there. Yeah. Yeah. That, that works. Sweet. I, I like this. I, I had a lot of fun and, um, Got to talk about St. Nicholas, Father Christmas, goblins. We, we talked about everything. This was a good time. Doctor Who, this was a very yeah. this is a very nerdy hour that we have had. Yeah. And, and we got we got into some like real theology stuff too, with like high and low liturgical churches and why they are or not okay with Santa. Like yeah. we we all over the place in the best way. Yeah. You can tell that we're both like host one podcast because we're really good at like starting conversations well what about this what about this what about this what about this also that makes for the best christmas when you have like your family around and everybody's just all over the place all day like like a coherent a coherent christmas dinner where everything goes according to plan and it's all in like a single line is boring so i hope your christmas is much like this episode and is not boring i wish you all a haphazard Christmas. Yes, indeed. <laughs> and I hope Father Christmas brings you a sword this holiday season. Verily, verily. All right. Thanks again, Josh. And we will throw it back to me now to tell you about some exciting things coming up in 2023. Well, thanks, me, for handing it back over to me. Well, folks, it's the moment you've all been waiting for. Time for some big announcements. Here are your presents for 2023. You will be getting some throughout the year, actually, to tell you the truth. Now, I want to start this off by saying these aren't all of the announcements for 2023 oh yes there's more there's a lot in store for 2023 because we're starting a whole new thing i'm graduating next year we're moving into the independent study era that means i get to start throwing even more stuff against the wall to see what will stick so be paying attention to social media listen to the show i might uh ask you all for a little bit of help in figuring out some of the stuff that we're going to be trying out throughout 2023. But here are some things that I do know that's happening. As announced back at Giving Tuesday on social media, we broke the downloads goal again. So in January, I knew it was unrealistic to try and have some type of bonus stuff going on this month so in january you will once again be getting a month-long thank you sale over at the my seminary life shop which you can find a link to in the description for this episode or on social media or on the website and there will be bonus episodes every tuesday running throughout the month of january as well 
but for the first time in my seminary life history, I will be talking about a class that I did not take for seminary. We have had three filler series prior to this point, college stories, revisiting my old sermons, uh, looking at the works of C.S. Lewis. But this was a class that actually my wife and I both willingly took through a separate ministry to learn about Sabbath. And this isn't like, this isn't like, um, you know, why you should take a nap every Sunday or why Sunday is better than any other day of the week which goes against the Bible. But no, this is about trying to understand what is a what is a Jewish understanding of Sabbath, what is a biblical understanding of Sabbath. We're calling the series Roots of Sabbath, which obviously means that yes, my wife Claire will be back on the show next month to talk about her experience with this class. We're also looking to line up a special guest for this show to add in her voice on the topic as well. So yes, January 2023, starting things out with Roots of Sabbath. I think I think um, this would be a good way to start January. January is so humdrum that maybe we do just need to start a brand new year off resting well in the Lord. That means then that February is going to start the final class. Local church ministry is what the class is called. I took a module version of this class back when I was in undergrad. And so it was a week long, eight hours a day class. I'll be interested to see how this gets broken up over an eight week course. But starting February, local church ministry, it's basically a, at least the undergrad module version, was basically a pastoral duties class. We talked about, you know, the responsibilities of a pastor day in and day out to shepherd a flock. We talked about how to perform a wedding ceremony, how to perform a funeral service, things like that. So I imagine this might be, you know, the class hasn't started yet. I don't have a syllable a syllabus yet. So my guess is this is going to be a really good class for having someone like Pastor Will, Scott, Ben. I'm also looking maybe here in the foreseeable future to get uh, Pastor Jason on the show. Jason was the host, uh, is the, I shouldn't say was, is the host of Go There on 4th. I was a guest on uh, about a week ago now, and he's a pastor of a Nazarene church, and I have never gotten to spend time with someone who ministers within a Nazarene context, so I'd be interested to pick his brain. So that is February, pastoral duties. That class will end in March, which means April is the beginning of the independent study era. I will be calling the shots. I get to pick the subjects that we're going to be studying. But of course, you can help out too. Remember, you can always contact the show at emailseminarylife at gmail.com. Emailseminarylife at gmail.com. If you have any suggestions for topics, courses, series, people even, hint, hint, for stuff to come. But we're going to start April, April off with a 
a topic, a class that I am surprised I did not have to take in seminary. I am surprised that I had did not have to take Apologetics 101. So now you know the first three series of 2023 Roots of Sabbath, Local Church Ministry, and Apologetics 101. And that's all you get to find out for now when it comes to the series. But I've got some good ones picked out, I think. I'm really excited for this summer. It's going to be good. We got a handful of special episodes coming your way this year. Uh, first off, episode 100 is right around the corner. Again, this is episode 85. So 100 is only 15 episodes away. You add in the bonus episodes there in January. Like, it should be coming late February, early March, if time still works the way that I think it does. 52 weeks. Yeah, that should should be, like, right around late February, early March will be episode 100. And we have to get a big guest for episode 100, right? That's like, that's got to be a thing, right? Yeah. I don't even know if it'll be in connection to what we're talking about on the show. I might have to just like make it a different episode, like a special one that comes out and then we'll resume the normal stuff. Uh, So episode 100 is right around the corner. Also, I don't know what this is going to look like at all yet, but I am planning on doing a graduation special. Graduation happens in early May. So sometime right around then, I plan on releasing a graduation special. If anything, it's just going to be to talk about what graduation was like. I live two hours away. Actually, during Christmas break, I plan on going through the application process. You have to apply to graduate. Um, So I'll be doing that over the next few weeks. And then graduation is early May talking about it here on the show at some point after that the highlights i guess so episode 100 graduation special those those don't aren't gonna like be a reoccurring thing you know it'll be another 50 episodes after that before we get to 150 who knows when i'll graduate from something again but I am excited to announce that starting next year, we are adding two seasonal specials to the lineup. We currently have two seasonal specials. You're listening to one of them, the holiday party here in December for the winter. Then the anniversary special that comes out uh, in March. I think it's scheduled to come out at the end of March at this point for the spring starting next year. Right around late May, I think it might actually be early June. It might be the graduation special followed up by Schools Out. And yes, Schools is spelled with a Z at the end of it. Schools Out. I'm still brainstorming exactly what this episode is going to look like. I try to give these specials a different flair to it. They kind of follow a similar format, but a different flair. And I think for that one, at least for me, when I think summertime, I think movies. So I think, I also think music. So I think there's going to be an element of it being like a movie review, music review show. I don't know. Still kind of brainstorming a little bit. 
any of you listeners want to throw your two cents in, feel free to. So that'll be in the summer, and then it's happening, folks. You know, the last two Octobers, we've had spooky-related episodes coming out right around Halloween. Well, we're making it official starting next year, right around Halloween and Reformation Day, both in one episode of Monsters in Luther. This is going to be an episode an episode designed to talk about the spiritually supernatural difficult passages of scripture. Also if, with also maybe having guests on to talk about their experience with, you know, witchcraft or, you know, coming from a life of paganism or something like that to Christ. And also uh, an opportunity to sit down and look over the works of Martin Luther, maybe work through the 95 Theses. Uh, I also plan on every year giving it a fun kind of, you know, horror movie themed subtitle. So it's going to be great. Starting next year again. So next year again, by way of specials, we have the graduation special. Episode 100 is right around the corner. Then we'll be adding Schools Out in late June and of Monsters and Luther right before Halloween and Reformation Day. It's going to be exciting. And there's more. Going to level with you. There's more to talk about. I know I've got plans for the summer and the first half of the fall and the second half of the fall, but uh, into the winter. But uh, I'm not going to, I ain't telling you everything right now. You got to stick around, folks, or just show back up at the two-year anniversary special in March, whichever you want to do. So those are your presents. I hope you appreciate your gifts. I hope you're excited. I'm excited to make these changes, add these things to the lineup. I'm excited to be digging into Sabbath, local church ministry, apologetics. These are some very unique topics, some important topics that I think will be beneficial to everybody, especially Sabbath and apologetics, really, as well. I want to talk about a gift I received recently, and then we're going to call this episode to an end. I recently found out that uh, one of you listening to the show, uh, I got a testimony from that uh, this individual caught me over at uh, the whole church. I hang out there every once in a while over at the whole church, thought that I was interesting. I I am kind of funny, aren't I? And um, the thing that really stood out to this individual is that um, I come from a background of church hurt in different ways. Um, Actually, just earlier this year, experienced not church hurt, but uh, fellowship hurt. I don't know if that's a thing. Just, uh, just have been really down personally. I have been really down lately on Christians. You know, Christians hurt me, have hurt me a lot over the past few years, really my whole life. And um, and Christians are just so angry. We are always pick your pick your flavor. It doesn't matter what denomination, theology background. We're just always mad about something. I'm just so tired of Christians. And yet I have this crazy idea to work in ministry or at least continue to do this 
as a form of ministry. And this person knows this from my time over at Whole Church and ha- has started binging MSL, ICU. I see the numbers go up um, just to get caught up. They're going to try and listen to all 85 episodes plus the 10 one more things. Um, bonus points if you listen to the uh, trailer. That doesn't really tell you much about the show. <laughs> so, uh, so thank you. You know, I heard that story and I was in a very depressed state when I heard it and uh, I started crying. I was so happy because normally the testimonials I get back about this show when it's not Josh just being really nice is um, so uh, I would rather have the spiritual power that I have than one thimble of your knowledge. Seminary is an institution. It's a uh, it's an institution. It's a cemetery for spiritual life. Uh, it's a man-made thing. You know, this is not how God intended it. You know, it's, I never knew until I got into podcasting, just how down people can be on seminary. And so much of it is just based off of the name. They don't even listen. <laughs> thimble, the thimble comment. Uh, that person did not listen to the show. Anyway, that's usually what I hear. I don't usually get, you know, Hey, this show is making a difference in my life. But uh, just recently, you know, got that testimony, seeing people reading, uh, misreading scripture with Western eyes, the Spotify wrapped telling me, or unwrapped or whatever it's called, telling me, you know, the show is a, the number one most listened to show for three people this year, which one of those is probably Josh. But I, uh, yeah. Yeah. Just very thankful for all of you. Thankful, thankful for that story. You know, you have been. I have not been in a good mood. I posted something. I I have an Instagram, but it's private to friends and family. And uh, I just posted recently about how I am not feeling it this holiday season, and uh, for a number of reasons. And uh, that story brought a little bit of Christmas cheer, even if just for a few moments. So I appreciate it, and I appreciate all of you. You tune in weekend and week out for to listen to me ramble for a long time about stuff. And on that note, I think it's time that we call this party to an end. Thank you for listening. As always, feel free to rate and review the show wherever you're listening to it or go into the description to find links to the important stuff. I've been plugging things throughout the episode, but again, it's the website, the shop, the email address social media links stuff like that so i'll also excuse me i'll also be attaching a link to uh, whole church so you can uh, go check out his josh's work over there and i think yeah i think that's it which is how i end every episode someday i'm gonna put a mug up on the msl shop that has like all the weird things that say and uh i think that's it is going to be one of them next week Got a little bit of a filler to help uh, fill the gap between the new years. My sermon on the Great Commission, which actually kind of works for a end-of-the-year sermon. So come on back. Enjoy that. You'll have more time. It's only New Year's Eve. Like, what are you going to be doing? Seriously, you'll have time to listen to it. Thanks for listening to this one. Again, happy holidays, however you may be celebrating this time of the year. Happy holidays to you. And remember, theology is for everyone. So keep on studying.
Yeah, just imagine how mad he'd get. <laughs> uh, that'd, that'd be, be great. <laughs> Man, that'd almost be worth losing, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> Oh man, yeah. At, when we did Friendsgiving, uh, two of yeah. our friends brought their kid, right? And he's okay. just old enough to start playing some games and stuff with us. So we uh, let him play Smash Bros. We did like a tourney, right? Okay. Naturally, the end of like the thirty-person tourney or whatever ends with just me and mm-hmm. TJ in the finale. And sure. the kid decides he wants to sit right next to TJ, who's way more competitive than me, mind you, and spends the <laughs> entire time going, "Are you losing? You're a loser, aren't you?" <laughs> Yeah, I was dying because you could tell TJ was getting so mad. That's literally the only reason he lost. (laughs) I just couldn't stop laughing. I was like, "This is great." That's awesome. Good job, kid. Yeah, yeah. I made him really mad when we left. I was like, "Hey, TJ, you're a loser, aren't you?" (laughs) Oh, that's funny. That's amazing. Don't start the podcast off with me saying, "TJ, you're a loser." That's the only well, clip. Yeah. Every time you said, <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's uh, you you just use that clip over and over. This whole episode is just you talking about C.S. Lewis and Santa Claus, and anytime you throw it to me, you just cut back to T.J. You're a loser. <laughs> well just said, Josh. Well said. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's funny. Oh man. All oh. right. Well, you want to get this on the get this going then since you have a heart out yeah yeah let's do it all right i'm gonna do the long awkward pause and then start it up i love those <laughs>